Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Stories for the Road. This is your host and narrator, John Hagedorn. Today, The Mark of Zorro, chapters 24 through 26. And now, chapter 24, at the Hacienda of Don Alejandro. Behind him, he left a tumult in the town. The shrieks of the fat landlord had aroused the pueblo. Men came running, servants hurrying at their sides and carrying torches. Women peered from the windows of the houses. Natives stood still wherever they happened to be and shivered, for it had been their dear experience that whenever there was a tumult, natives paid the price. Many young caballeros of hot blood were there, and for some time there had been no excitement in the pueblo of Reina de Los Angeles. These young men crowded into the tavern and listened to the wails of the landlord, and some hurried to the house of the magistrado and saw his wounds, and heard him declaim on the indignity that had been offered the law, and therefore His Excellency the Governor. Captain Ramon came down from the Presidio, and when he heard the cause of the tumult, he swore great oaths, and said his only well man to ride along the Pala Road, overtake Sergeant Gonzales and his troopers, and bid them return and take the trail, since at the time being they were following a false scent. But the young caballeros saw in this circumstance a chance for excitement that was to their liking, and they asked permission of the Comandante to form a posse and take after the highwayman, a permission they received immediately. Some thirty of them mounted horses, looked to weapons, and set out, with the intention of dividing into three bands of ten each when they came to forks in the trail. The townsmen cheered them as they started, and they galloped rapidly up the hill and toward the San Gabriel Road, making a deal of noise, glad that now there was a moon to let them see the foe when they approached him. In time they separated, ten going toward San Gabriel proper, ten taking the trail that led to the hacienda of Fray Felipe, and the last ten following a road that curved down the valley to the neighborhood of a series of landed estates owned by wealthy dons of the day. Along this road, Don Diego Vega had ridden some time before, the deaf and dumb Bernardo behind him on the mule. Don Diego rode with leisure, and it was long after nightfall when he turned from the main road and followed a more narrow one toward his father's house. Don Alejandro Vega, the head of the family, sat alone at his table, the remains of the evening meal before him, when he heard a horseman before the door. A servant ran to open it, and Don Diego entered, Bernardo following close behind him. "'Ah, Diego, my son!' the old Don cried, extending his arms. Don Diego was clasped for an instant to his father's breast, and then he sat down beside the table and grasped a mug of wine. Having refreshed himself, he faced Don Alejandro once more. "'It has been a fatiguing journey!' "'he remarked. "'And the cause for it, my son?' "'I felt that I should come to the hacienda,' Don Diego said. "'It is no time to be in the Pueblo. "'Whenever a man turns, he finds naught but violence and bloodshed. "'This confounded Signor Zorro. "'Ha! What of him?' "'Please do not ha me, sir and father. "'I've been ha'd at from morning till night these several days. "'These be turbulent times.' "'This Signor Zorro has made a visit to the Polito Hacienda "'and frightened everyone there. "'I went to my hacienda on business, "'and from there I went over to see old Fray Felipe, "'thinking I might get a chance to meditate in his presence. "'And who makes an appearance but a big sergeant and his troopers "'seeking this Signor Zorro?' "'They got him?' "'I believe not, sir and father. "'I returned to the Pueblo, "'and what think you happened there this day? "'They brought in Fray Felipe, "'accused of having swindled a dealer.' "'and after a mockery of a trial they lashed him to a post "'and gave him the whip fifteen times across his back. "'The scoundrels!' 
Don Alejandro cried. "'I could stand it no longer, so I decided to pay you a visit. Wherever I turn, there's turmoil. It is enough to make a man insane. You may ask Bernardo if it is not.' Don Alejandro glanced at the deaf and dumb native and grinned. Bernardo grinned back as a matter of course, not knowing it was no matter in which to act in the presence of a Don. "'You have something else to tell me?' Don Alejandro asked his son, looking at him searchingly. "'By the saints, now here it comes. I hope to avoid it, father and sir. Let me hear about it.' I paid a visit to the Bolito Hacienda and spoke with Don Carlos and his wife, also the Senorita Lolita. "'You are pleased with the Senorita?' "'She is as lovely as any girl of my acquaintance,' Don Diego said. "'I spoke to Don Carlos of the matter of marriage, and he appeared to be delighted.' "'Ah, he would be,' said Don Alejandro. "'But the marriage cannot take place, I fear. "'How is this? There is some shadow concerning the senorita?' "'Not to my knowledge. "'She appears to be a sweet and innocent maiden, father and sir. "'I had them come to Reina de Los Angeles to spend a couple of days at my house.' I had it arranged so that she could see the furnishings and learn of my wealth. That was a wise arrangement, my son. But she will have none of me. How is this? Refuses to wed with a vega? Refuses to become allied to the most powerful family in the country with the best blood in the land? She intimated, father and sir, that I am not the sort of man for her. She is prone to foolishness, I believe. She would have me play a guitar under her window, perhaps, and make eyes and old hands when their duena is not looking, and all that silliness. "'By the saints! Are you a vega?' Don Alejandro cried. "'Would not any worthy man want a chance like that? Would not any caballero delight to serenade his love on a moonlit night? The little things you term silly are the very essence of love. I doubt not the senorita was displeased with you.' "'But I did not see that such things were necessary,' Don Diego said." "'Did you go to the senorita in a cold-blooded manner "'and suggest that you wed and have it done with? "'Had you the idea, young sir, "'that you were purchasing a horse or a bull? "'By the saints! "'And so there is no chance for you to wed the girl? "'She has the best blood by far next to her own.' "'Don Carlos bade me have hope,' Diego replied. "'He took her back to the hacienda "'and suggested that perhaps when she had been there a time "'and it reflected, she might change her mind.' "'She is yours, if you play the game,' Don Alejandro said. "'You are a vega, and therefore the best catch in the country. "'Be but half a lover, and the senorita's yours. "'What sort of blood is in your veins? "'I have half a mind to slit one of them and see. "'Cannot we allow this marriage business to drop for the time being?' "'Don Diego asked. "'You are twenty-five. "'I was quite old when you were born. "'Soon I shall go the way of my father's.' "'You are the only son, the heir, and you must have a wife and offspring. "'Is the Vega family to die out because your blood is water? "'Win you a wife within the quarter year, young sir, "'and a wife I can accept into the family, "'or I leave my wealth to the Franciscans when I pass away.' "'Father! I mean it. Get life into you. "'I would you had half the courage and spirit the Signor Zorro, this highwayman, has. "'He has principles, and he fights for them. "'He aids the helpless and avenges the oppressed.' I salute him. I would rather have you, my son, in his place, running the risk of death or imprisonment, than to have you a lifeless dreamer of dreams that amount to naught. My father, I have been a dutiful son. I would you have been a little wild, 
"'It would have been more natural,' Don Alejandro sighed. "'I could overlook a few escapades more easily than I can lifelessness. "'Arouse yourself, young sir. Remember, you are a vega. "'When I was your age, I was not a laughingstock. "'I was ready to fight at a wink, to make love to every pair of flashing eyes, "'to stand up to any caballero in sports rough or refined. "'Ha! "'I pray you, do not ha me, sir, and father. "'My nerves are on an edge.' "'You must be more of a man.' "'I shall attempt it immediately,' Don Diego said, "'straightening himself somewhat in his chair. "'I had hoped to avoid it, but it appears that I cannot. "'I shall woo the Senorita Lolita as other men woo maidens. "'You meant what you said about your fortune?' "'I did,' said Don Alejandro. "'Then I must be stirring myself. "'It would never do, of course, to let that fortune go out of the family. "'I shall think these matters over in peace and quiet tonight.' "'Perhaps I can meditate here, far from the Pueblo. "'By the saints!' "'The last exclamation was caused by a sudden tumult outside the house. "'Don Alejandro and his son heard a number of horsemen stop, "'heard their calls to one another, "'heard bridles jingling and blades rattling. "'There is no peace in all the world,' Don Diego said, with deepened gloom. "'It sounds like half a score of men,' Don Alejandro said. "'And it was, exactly. "'A servant opened the door.' and into the great room there strode ten caballeros, with blades at their sides and pistols in their belts. "'Ha! Don Alejandro, we crave hospitality,' the foremost cried. "'You have it without asking, caballeros. What manner of journey is this you take?' "'We pursue Señor Zorro, the highwayman.' "'By the saints!' Don Alejandro said. "'One cannot escape it even here. Violence and bloodshed!' "'He invaded the plaza at Reina de Los Angeles.' "'The spokesman went on. "'He had the magistrado whipped "'because he sentenced Fray Felipe to receive the lash, "'and he whipped the fat landlord, "'and he fought half a score of men while he was about it. "'Then he rode away, "'and we made up a band to pursue him. "'He has not been in this neighborhood?' "'Not to my knowledge,' Don Alejandro said. "'My son arrived off the highway but a short time ago. "'You did not see the fellow, Don Diego?' "'I did not,' Don Diego said. "'That is one stroke of good fortune that came my way.' Don Alejandro had sent for servants, and now wine mugs were on the long table, and heaps of small cakes, and the caballeros began to eat and drink. Don Diego knew well what that meant. Their pursuit of the highwaymen was at an end. Their enthusiasm had waned. They would sit at his father's table and drink throughout the night, gradually getting intoxicated, shouting and singing and telling stories, and in the morning ride back to Reina de los Angeles like so many heroes. It was the custom— the chase of Signor Zorro was but a pretext for a merry time. The servants brought great stone jugs filled with rare wine and put them on the table, and Don Alejandro ordered that meat be fetched also. The young caballeros had a weakness for these parties at Don Alejandro's, for the Don's good wife had been dead for several years, and there were no women folk except servants, and so they could make what noise they pleased throughout the night. In time they put aside pistols and blades and began to boast and brag, and Don Alejandro had his servants put the weapons in a far corner out of the way, for he did not wish a drunken quarrel with a dead caballero or two in his house. Don Diego drank and talked with them for a time, then sat to one side and listened, as if such foolishness bored him. "'It were well for this Señor Zorro that we did not catch up with him,' one cried. "'Any one of us is a match for the fellow. Were the soldiers men of merit, he would have been taken long before this.' "'Ha! For a chance at him!' 
another screeched. "'How the landlord did howl when he was whipped!' "'He rode in this direction?' Don Alejandro asked. "'We are not sure as to that. "'He took the San Gabriel Trail, and thirty of us followed. "'We separated into three bands, each going a different direction. "'It is the good fortune of one of the other bands to have him now, I suppose. "'But it is our excellent good fortune to be here.' "'Don Diego stood before the company.' "'Senores, you will pardon me, I know, if I retire,' he said. "'I am fatigued with the journey.' "'Retire, by all means,' one of his friends cried. "'And when you are rested, come out to us again and make merry.' They laughed at that, and Don Diego bowed ceremoniously, and observed that several scarcely could get to their feet to bow in return, and then the scion of the house of Vega hurried from the room with the deaf and dumb man at his heels. He entered a room that always was ready for him, and in which a candle already was burning, and closed the door behind him, and Bernardo stretched his big form on the floor just outside it, to guard his master during the night. In the great living room, Don Diego scarcely was missed. His father was frowning and twisting his mustache, for he would have had his son like other young men. In his youth, he was remembering he never left such a company early in the evening, and once again he sighed and wished that the saints had given him a son with red blood in his veins. The caballeros were singing now, joining in the chorus of a popular love song, and their discordant voices filled the big room. Don Alejandro smiled as he listened, for it brought his own youth back to him. They sprawled on chairs and benches on both sides of the long table, pounding it with their mugs as they sang, laughing boisterously now and then. "'Were the Señor Zorro only here now?' one of them cried. A voice from the doorway answered him. "'Señores, he is here.' We'll return with Chapter 25 right after these sponsor messages. And now Chapter 25, A League is Formed. The song ceased. The laughter was stilled. They blinked their eyes and looked across the room. Signor Zorro stood just inside the door, having entered from the veranda without them knowing it. He wore his long cloak and his mask, and in one hand he held his accursed pistol, and its muzzle was pointed at the table. "'So these are the manner of men who pursue Signor Zorro and hope to take him,' he said. "'Make not a move, else lead flies. "'Your weapons, I perceive, are in the corner. "'I could kill some of you and be gone before you could reach them.' "'Tis he! "'Tis he!' a tipsy caballero was crying. "'Your noise may be heard a mile away, Signores. "'What a posse to go pursuing a man! "'Is this the way you attend to duty?' "'Why have you stopped to make merry while Signor Zorro rides the highway?' "'Give me my blade, and let me stand before him,' one cried. "'If I allowed you to have blade, you would be unable to stand,' the highwayman answered. "'Think you there is one in this company who could fence with me now?' "'There is one,' cried Don Alejandro in a loud voice, springing to his feet. "'I openly say that I have admired some of the things you have done, Signor, "'but now you have entered my house and are abusing my guests.' "'and I must call you to account. "'I have no quarrel with you, Don Alejandro, "'and you have none with me,' Signor Zorro said. "'I refuse to cross blades with you, "'and I am but telling this man some truths. "'By the saints I shall make you!' "'A moment, Don Alejandro. "'Senores, this aged Don would fight me, "'and that would mean a wound or death for him. "'Will you allow it?' "'Don Alejandro must not fight our battles.' "'one of them cried. "'Then see that he sits in his place, "'and all honor to him.' "'Don Alejandro started forward, 
but two of the caballeros sprang before him and urged him to go back, saying that his honor was safe, since he offered combat. Raging, Don Alejandro complied. A worthy bunch of young blades, Signor Zorro sneered. You drink wine and make merry, while injustice is all about you. Take your swords in hand and attack oppression. Live up to your noble names and your blue blood, senores. Drive the thieving politicians from the land. Protect the frails whose work gave us these broad acres. Be men, not drunken fashion plates. By the saints, one cried and sprang to his feet. Back, or I fire. I have not come here to fight you in Don Alejandro's house. I respect him too much for that. I have come to tell you these truths concerning yourselves. Your families can make or break a governor. Band yourselves together in a good cause, caballeros, and make some use of your lives. You would do it, were you not afraid. You seek adventure? Here is adventure aplenty, fighting injustice. By the saints, it would be a lark, cried one in answer. Look upon it as a lark if it pleases you, yet you would be doing some good. Would the politicians dare stand against you, scions of the most powerful families? Band yourselves together, and give yourselves a name. Make yourselves feared the length and breadth of the land. But it would be treason. It is not treason to down a tyrant, caballeros. Is it that you are afraid? By the saints, no, they cried in chorus. Then make your stand. You would lead us? Si, senores. But stay. Are you of good blood? I am a caballero, of blood as good as any here, Senor Zorro told them. Your name? Where resides your family? Those things must remain secrets for the present. I have given you my word. Your face must remain masked for the time being, senores. They had lurched to their feet now and were claiming him wildly. Stay, one cried. This is an imposition upon Don Alejandro. He may not be in sympathy, and we are planning and plotting in his house. I am in sympathy, caballeros, and give you my support, Don Alejandro said. Their cheers filled the great room. None could stand against them if Don Alejandro Vega was with them. Not even the governor himself would dare oppose them. It is a bargain, they cried. We shall call ourselves the Avengers. We shall ride El Camino Real and prove terrors to those who rob honest men and mistreat natives. We shall drive the thieving politicians out. And then you shall be caballeros in truth, knights protecting the weak, Senor Zorro said. Never shall you repent this decision, senores. I lead, and I give you loyalty and expect as much. Also, I expect obedience to orders. What shall we do? they cried. Let this remain a secret. In the morning, return to Reina de los Angeles and say you did not find Señor Zorro. Say rather that you did not catch him, which will be the truth. Be ready to band yourselves together and ride. I shall send word when the time arrives. In what manner? I know you all. I shall get word to one, and he can inform the others. Is it agreed? Agreed, they shouted. Then I will leave you here and now. You are to remain in this room, and none is to try to follow me. It is a command. Buenas noches, caballeros. He bowed before them, swung the door open, and darted through it, and slammed it shut behind him. They could hear the clatter of a horse's hoofs on the driveway. And then they raised their wine mugs and drank to their new league for the suppression of swindlers and thieves, and to Senor Zorro, 
the curse of Capistrano, and to Don Alejandro Vega. Somewhat sobered by the agreement they had made and what it meant, they sat down again and began speaking of wrongs that should be righted, each of them knowing half a dozen. And Don Alejandro Vega sat in one corner by himself, a grief-stricken man because his only son was asleep in the house and had not red-blood enough to take a part in such an undertaking, when by all rights he should be one of the leaders. As if to add to his misery, Don Diego at that moment came slowly into the room, rubbing his eyes and yawning, and looking as if he'd been disturbed. "'It's impossible for a man to sleep in this house tonight,' he said. "'Give me a mug of wine, and I shall take my place with you. Why was the cheering?' "'Signor Zorro has been here,' his father began. "'The highwayman? Been here? By the saints! It is as much as a man can endure!' "'Sit down, my son,' Don Alejandro urged. "'Certain things have come to pass. "'There will be a chance now for you to show "'what sort of blood flows in your veins.' "'Don Alejandro's manner was very determined. "'And now, Chapter 26, An Understanding. "'The remainder of the night was spent by the caballeros "'in loud boasts of what they intended doing, "'and in making plans to be submitted to Signor Zorro for his approval.' and though they appeared to look upon this thing as a lark and a means to adventure, yet there was an undercurrent of seriousness in their manner, for they knew well the state of the times, and realized that things were not as they should be, and in reality they were exponents of fairness to all. They had thought of these things often, but had made no move because they had not been banded together and had no leader, and each young caballero waited for another to start the thing. But now the Signor Zero had struck at the psychological moment, and things could be done." Don Diego was informed of the state of affairs, and his father informed him likewise that he was to play a part and prove himself a man. Don Diego fumed considerably and declared that such a thing would cause his death, yet he would do it for his father's sake. Early in the morning the caballeros ate a meal that Don Alejandro caused to be prepared, and then they started back to Reina de los Angeles, Don Diego riding with them at his father's order. Nothing was to be said about their plans. They were to get recruits from the remainder of the thirty who had set out in pursuit of Signor Zorro. Some would join them readily, they knew, while others were the governor's men pure and simple, and would have to be kept in the dark concerning the thing contemplated. They rode leisurely, for which Don Diego remarked that he was grateful. Bernardo was still following him on the mule, and was a little chagrined because Don Diego had not remained longer at his father's house. Bernardo knew something momentous was being planned, but could not guess what, of course, and wished that he was like other men, and could hear and speak. When they reached the plaza, they found that the other two parties already were there, saying that they had not come up with the highwayman. Some declared that they had seen him in the distance, and one that he had fired a pistol at him, at which the caballeros who had been at Don Alejandro's put their tongues in their cheeks and looked at one another in a peculiar manner. Don Diego left his companions and hurried to his house, where he donned fresh clothing and refreshed himself generally. He sent Bernardo about his business, which was to sit in the kitchen and await his master's call, and then he ordered his carriage around. That carriage was one of the most gorgeous along El Camino Real, and why Don Diego had purchased it had always been a mystery. There were some who said he did it to show his wealth, while others declared a manufacturer's agent had worried him so much that Don Diego had given him the order to be rid of him. Don Diego came from his house and dressed in his best, but he did not get into the carriage. Again there was a tumult in the plaza, and into it rode Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez and his troopers. The man Captain Ramon had sent after them had overtaken them easily, for they had been riding slowly and had not covered many miles. 
"'Ah, Don Diego, my friend,' Gonzales cried. "'Still living in this turbulent world?' "'From necessity,' Don Diego replied. "'Did you capture the Señor Zorro?' "'Ah, the pretty bird escaped us, caballero. "'It appears that he turned toward San Gabriel at night "'while we went chasing him toward Pala. "'Ah, well, just nothing to make a small mistake. "'Our revenge shall be the greater when we find him.' "'What do you now, my sergeant?' "'My men refresh themselves, and then we ride toward San Gabriel. "'It is said the highwayman is in that vicinity, "'though some thirty young men of blood failed to find him last night "'after he had caused the magistrado to be whipped. "'No doubt he hid himself in the brush "'and chuckled when the caballeros rode by. "'May your horse have speed and your sword-arm's strength,' "'Don Diego said, and got into his carriage. Two magnificent horses were hitched to the carriage, "'and a native coachman in rich livery drove them.' Don Diego stretched back on the cushions and half-closed his eyes as the carriage started. The driver went across the plaza and turned into the highway and started toward the hacienda of Don Carlos Pulido. Sitting on his veranda, Don Carlos saw the gorgeous carriage approaching and growled low down in his throat and then got up himself and hurried into the house to face his wife and daughter. "'Señorita, Don Diego comes,' he said. "'I've spoken words regarding the young man.' "'I trust that you have given heed to them, as a dutiful daughter should.' "'Then he turned and went into the veranda again, "'and the senorita rushed into her room and threw herself upon a couch to weep. "'The saints knew she wished that she could feel some love for Don Diego "'and take him for a husband, for he would help her father's fortunes, "'and yet she felt that she could not. "'Why did not the man act the caballero? "'Why did he not exhibit a certain measure of common sense?' Why did he not show that he was a young man bursting with health, instead of acting like an aged don with one foot in the grave? Don Diego got from the carriage and waved to the driver to continue to the stable yard. He greeted Don Carlos languidly, and Don Carlos was surprised to note that Don Diego had a guitar beneath one arm. He put the guitar down on the floor, removed his sombrero, and sighed. "'I've been out to see my father,' he said. "'Ha! Don Alejandro is well, I hope.' He is in excellent health, as usual. He has instructed me to persist in my suit for the Senorita Lolita's hand. If I do not win me a wife within a certain time, he says, he will give his fortune to the Franciscans when he passes away. Indeed. He said it, and my father is not a man to waste his words. Don Carlos, I must win the Senorita. I know of no other young woman who would be as acceptable to my father as a daughter-in-law. A little wooing, Don Diego, I beg of you. "'Be not so matter-of-fact, I pray. "'I have decided to woo as other men, "'though it no doubt will be much of a bore. "'How would you suggest that I start?' "'Well, it's difficult to give advice in such a case,' "'Don Carlos replied, "'trying desperately to remember how he had done it "'when he had courted Doña Catalina. "'A man really should be experienced, "'else be a man to whom such things come naturally.' "'I fear I am neither,' Don Diego said. "'sighing again and raising tired eyes to Don Carlos's face. "'It might be an excellent thing to regard the senorita as if you adored her. "'Say nothing about marriage at first, but speak rather of love. "'Try to talk in low, rich tones, "'and say those meaningless nothings in which a young woman can find a world of meaning. "'Tis a gentle art, saying one thing and meaning another.' "'I fear that it is beyond me,' Don Diego said. "'Yet I must try, of course. "'May I see the senorita now?' Don Carlos went to the doorway and called his wife and daughter, and the former smiled upon Don Diego in encouragement, and the latter smiled also, yet with fear and trembling. 
for she had given her heart to the unknown Signor Zorro, and could love no other man, and could not wed where she did not love, not even to save her father from poverty. Don Diego conducted the Signorita to a bench at one end of the veranda, and started to talk of things in general, plucking at the strings of his guitar as he did so, while Don Carlos and his wife removed themselves to the other end of the veranda, and hoped that things would go well. Signorita Lolita was glad that Don Diego did not speak of marriage as he had done before. Instead he told of what had happened in the Pueblo, of Fray Felipe's whipping, and of how Signor Zorro had punished the magistrado, and fought a dozen men, and made his escape. Despite his air of languor, Don Diego spoke in an interesting manner, and the Signorita found herself liking him more than before. He told, too, of how he had gone to his father's hacienda, and of how the caballeros had spent the night there, drinking and making merry. But he said nothing of Signor Zorro's visit, and the league that had been formed, having taken his oath not to do so. "'My father threatens to disinherit me if I do not get me a wife within a specified time,' Don Diego said then. "'Would you like to see me lose my father's estate, Signorita?' "'Certainly not,' she replied. "'There are many girls who would be proud to wed you, Don Diego.' "'But not you?' "'Certainly, I would be proud. "'But can a girl help it if her heart does not speak? "'Would you wish a wife who does not love you? "'Think of the long years you would have to spend beside her, "'and no love to make them endurable. "'You do not think, then, that you ever could learn to love me, Signorita?' "'Suddenly the girl faced him and spoke in lower tones and earnestly. "'You are a caballero of the blood, Signor. "'I may trust you?' "'To death, Signorita.' "'Then I have something to tell you, "'and I ask that you let it remain your secret. "'It is an explanation in a way.' "'Proceed, Signorita. "'If my heart bade me do so, "'nothing would please me more than to become your wife, Signor, "'for I know that it would mend my father's fortunes. "'But perhaps I am too honest to wed where I do not love. "'There is one great reason why I cannot love you.' "'There is some other man in your heart?' "'You have guessed it, Signor. "'My heart is filled with his image.' "'You would not want me for wife in such case. "'My parents do not know. "'You must keep my secret. "'I swear by the saints that I have spoken the truth.' "'The man is worthy?' "'I feel sure that he is, Caballero. "'Did he prove to be otherwise, "'I should grieve my life away, "'yet I never could love another man. "'Do you understand now?' "'I fully understand, Signorita. "'May I express the hope that you will find him worthy, "'and in time the man of your choice?' "'I knew you would be the true Caballero.' "'and if things should go amiss and you need a friend, "'call for me, Signorita.' "'My father must not suspect at the present time. "'We must let him think that you still seek me, "'and I will pretend to be thinking more of you than before, "'and gradually you can cease your visits.' "'I understand, Signorita. "'Yet that leaves me in bad case. "'I have asked your father for permission to woo you, "'and if I go to wooing another girl now, "'I will have him about my ears in just anger.' "'and if I do not woo another girl, "'I shall have my own father upbraiding me. "'It's a sorry state. "'Perhaps it will not be for long, Signor. "'Ha! I have it. "'What does a man do when he is disappointed in love? "'He mopes, he pulls a long face, "'refuses to partake of the actions and excitements of the times. "'Signorita, you have saved me in a way. "'I shall languish because you do not return my love.' "'then men will think they know the reason "'when I dream in the sun and meditate "'instead of riding and fighting like a fool. "'I shall be allowed to go my way in peace, "'and there shall be a romantic glamour cast about me. "'An excellent thought. "'Signor, you are incorrigible. 
the Senorita Lolita exclaimed, laughing. Don Carlos and Doña Catalina heard that laugh, looked around, and then exchanged quick glances. Don Diego Vega was getting along famously with the Senorita, they thought. Then Don Diego continued the deception by playing his guitar and singing a verse of a song that had to do with bright eyes and love. Don Carlos and his wife glanced at each other again, this time in apprehension, and wished that he would stop, for the scion of the Vegas had many superiors as musician and vocalist, and they feared that he might lose what ground he had gained in the Senorita's estimation. But if Lolita thought little of the caballero's singing, she said nothing to that effect, and she did not act displeased. There was some more conversation, and just before the siesta hour, Don Diego bade them buenos dias and rode away in his gorgeous carriage. From the turn of the driveway, he waved back at them. We'll return with more from the Mark of Zorro next week Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We do appreciate reviews very much, and here are a few recent ones. Five stars, 1,001 stories for the road. I love the stories, the storytelling, and the selections. Makes my daily commute to and from work easy and enjoyable. Thanks. That from Sue Waldo, Ohio, Apple Podcast, U.S. And this one, five stars. Mark of Zorro is wonderful. I am thoroughly enjoying this rendition of the Mark of Zorro. This narrator does a commendable job with all the characters, and of course the famous tale itself lends itself quite well to verbal exposition. Great work indeed. Down from Guitar Bird, Apple Podcast, U.S. And this one, five stars. I love the 1001 Network. I discovered these gems almost six months ago, so this review is definitely overdue. John does an amazing job telling and reading stories across this vast network from authors and writers like Robert Louis Stevenson, Mark Twain, Lucy Maud Montgomery, H.P. Lovecraft, Jack London, and Algernon Blackwood, to the classic radio broadcast on 1001 Radio Days. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, by the way, is an American classic. John offers more than enough content to keep you engaged and entertained while working, exercising, cleaning the house, or just taking a walk. <laughs> Don't even worry about the occasional mispronounced word. It is as endearing as John's lovable pers- as John's lovable personality. That one, that one from it's nine nineteen a.m. Apple Podcast U.S. Thank you very much for these reviews. They're greatly appreciated. And I know I fumble words sometimes. I'm not perfect, but I hope the genuine enthusiasm I have for storytelling is showing true. Thank you so much for being great fans. We appreciate all your support in so many ways. We'll return next Sunday night at eight p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, everyone, stay safe, and we'll be back soon.